Well, welcome to our second week in our series, Shine. And um, that is really why we're talking about this series, is that we believe that this is an issue and a matter of life and death. And that's kind of what that video depicted, is that the scripture kind of lays it out for us very clearly that these issues are matters of life and death, heaven and hell. And we have an opportunity, as the scripture says, to shine a light and to represent God on this earth. And so there's nothing more important that we can do than like be a part of a story like that one that we're talking about. That we just watched in the video to to help someone find uh, the light of God. I just want to just quickly just kind of to so I don't pass through this where we're not going to focus all of our attention on, you know, like heaven and hell and those things. But just to kind of phrase it how Jesus does in John chapter three, uh, 16, and then we'll get into the verse that we're going to focus most of our time on. It says this for God so loved the world. He gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men loved darkness instead of light. Because their deeds are evil. Everyone who does not or does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly uh, that what he has done has been done through God. And that's really the picture that we get all throughout the book of John. The John, John really focuses on these, this image of light and darkness that we really need to shine. And just as Tim read earlier as we were worshiping, that Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And Jesus kind of lays it out clearly for us exactly what he was here on earth to do through these famous passages of scripture that I have come that the world might be saved. And if people walk down a road and continue to walk down a road without God, there is no hope for them. And ultimately, their end will be death physically, and their end will be death spiritually. Because without God, there is no life. There is just death. And some of the pictures that we get all throughout Scripture is it talks about, you know, being in the presence of God and in relationship with God is a great picture of kind of heaven. And a a picture of hell is being absent and distant and separated from God for eternity. And so this is a big deal, and this is why we talk about it, is the scripture lays it out that without God, without a relationship with God, there is no hope, and we wouldn't exist without God, and without God, after this life, there's nothing but sin, death, hell. And so that's how the scripture puts it, that you are condemned without God. Without the light of God, we're condemned. And so it's important for us, as we were talking about uh, over the last, um, last week and this week, that we take real ownership in being the people that shine that light brightly. 
And as we look at those passages we just read, that the, the world is a dark place. And lots of people want to stay in darkness. Why? Because it's easier. When you come out into the light, things are exposed. But we are to be the light of the world. So today what we're going to talk about specifically in this series of Shine is talk about our words. Talk about encouragement. Last week we opened up the series by talking about prayer. And we'll touch on that a little bit and remind you of what we talked about last week. But I want to talk about our words specifically today. So if you uh, go with me and we're going to have the, uh, it come up on the screen to the, the book of Colossians chapter 4. Uh, what a, this is what I've been uh, thinking about, praying about, reading about all week. And um, it says this in Colossians 4. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am chains, in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders, making the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so you may know how to answer everyone. This is a, this is a fantastic passage that can kind of like almost bullet point through our entire series that we're going through. Last week we talked about prayer, that at the foundation of being a shiny light is we have to commit ourselves to prayer. And prayer does lots of things. It changes our attitude and outlook on life and on others, and we should be doing that regularly, but it also opens up doors and opportunities for God to do something, because without God's help, we're in trouble personally. Without God's help, we can't shine. There's nothing to shine. We're shining God's light, and so we need God's help. So the foundation of it all is starting with an attitude of prayer. And that's what Paul says right here in this passage. He says, devote yourselves first to prayer. Be watchful and thankful. I love those action words saying, be paying attention to those people around you. Paying attention to what's going on in the world. Paying attention to those who are hurting, who are struggling. Those opportunities that may come your way to shine a light. Be watchful. And last week, I challenged you, if you were not here, um, I just want to remind you, I, I challenged you to pray for three people and hopefully write it down and specifically have three people on your list that you're praying for. One, the first person being somebody that, that bothers you, that annoys you or mistreats you. Someone that is like kind of your thorn in the flesh, so to speak. Uh, a, somebody that like gets under your skin or is a... Or is a tends to be somebody that aggravates you in your life and you don't have necessarily well wishes towards them all the time. Pray for them. And that's what the scripture tells us. Pray for those who mistreat you and it will change our attitude about them. Pray for them, okay? Um, so that was the first person on the list that I asked you to pray for. Second person is somebody in crisis. Somebody who is really struggling right now. Somebody who's dealing with something that is way beyond them and they need help and they need encouragement, and they need somebody praying for them and walking beside them in their life. So somebody in crisis. And then a third person I said pray for is somebody that you have influence over, someone close to you. Maybe it's a family member or close friend that needs help in finding a relationship with God. Somebody that you are close to and have influence over because God has put you in relationship with them in one way or another. So I want to encourage you throughout this entire series, continue to pray. If you didn't this week, 
there's still a chance. Write down and think about three people that you can pray for. And that's really your first action step in shining a light. Be watchful, paying attention to the people and things going on, paying attention and praying for others, and be thankful. And that other piece is being grateful for what God has done, being, uh, having a positive attitude, full of joyfulness, full of thankfulness for what God has done. But the passage continues, and it talks about Paul, who is somebody who is the, one of the, the greatest missionaries in the history of the world. He, he, he had an incredible conversion story where he was going down a road that lead to, led to death. And God showed up in a miraculous way and saved him. And typically, people who have stories like that tend to be, just like the you know, video showed, tend to be those people that are the most passionate because they know what it's like to be walking down a road that leads to complete and total death and to be saved in a dramatic way like that uh, like makes you want to share it with other people. And Paul was one of those people. And he went to the ends of the earth and he proclaimed the message to all kinds of places and he endured persecution and difficulty and all these things because he knew that this was life or death and he had experienced it personally and he was saved. And so this is what he says. And it's interesting. He's asking the people there in this little small church in this smallish town to pray for him so that he may proclaim it clearly so that he Maybe one of the, the, the foremost theologians that has affected our thought on what it means to articulate Christ is asking that you would pray for him that he's able to say clearly and specifically exactly what is like the right thing. He's able to communicate clearly. And then he says, be, and pray that I'm, or, and then he commands the people, be wise in the way that you act towards others, outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so you may know how to answer anyone. So that's kind of what I want to focus on today, is encouraging words. Encouraging words is a way that we can shine a light. Of course, it starts with prayer. It starts with being watchful. It starts with our heart being in the right place. It starts with us being joyful towards those around us, not a bummer towards those around us, somebody that is filled with God's spirit. But then there's moments in time where we need to be thoughtful about how we use our words. And he, he says it in a couple of different phrases, and this is the ones I want to focus on the most today, is your conversation full of grace and seasoned with salt. You know, it's kind of two different categories in a way. The full of grace is really talking about kind of these encouraging words. Full of grace. I think about that term, grace, with forgiveness, compassion, joyfulness, all of these words. It says in the book of 1 Thessalonians 5.11, it says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as, in fact, you are doing is it easy to walk down a road where we get consumed by the news of all the darkness that exists in this world? Isn't that easy? Isn't it easy to get like 
overwhelmed by the reality that Jesus paints to us that the world is a dark place, that there's lots of evil, that there's lots of like places where there's despair and hopelessness. It's easy to like get filled up with that and for our world to be kind of consumed with that. This morning, as we were um, kind of getting ready, uh, Lenny and I kind of put stuff together. And Lenny was here early. We we're watching kind of the snow. We were wondering if anybody was going to get out of bed on this snowy day. And uh, we actually got here a little early and were set up early because I wasn't, you know, I think both of us were thinking the same thing. We weren't sure how long it would take with the snow and stuff like that. Maybe we'd have to shovel or something. And so we were just kind of, everything was all set. And we sat down for a moment and we were just chatting with a cup of coffee. Snow was falling. It was nice. And, you know, Lenny shared something with me that was really important. And I asked him if I could share it today. And he said, you know what? I love coming every Sunday. I love it. And he just says, every Sunday when I come and I walk out of the service, I feel like I can conquer the world. And I'm just encouraged. I was like, Lenny, thank you for telling me that. That encourages me, first of all, but can I share that? And he, he was like, absolutely. And he's like, you know what? It's hard sometimes during the week when you're like grinding and you're doing all your other stuff and it's hard. And he's got some family health issues going on that we've been praying for here as a church and things like that. And he's like, but when I walk out of the service, I like, man, I feel encouraged. And I'm just, I'm just hoping that I can keep, carry that on throughout the week because I, man, I need it. Don't we need that? Don't we need that? And that's why we gather together. And it's really, really important that we do this is because the scripture uh, like tells us and reminds us of the reality that we all know that it's easy to get consumed with the darkness. It's easy to be consumed with all of the sin in the world, the evil in the world, all the stuff around us, our own stuff in our own lives. It is a mess. It's easy for that to be the pervading thought in our mind. And it says, encourage one another. Be an encouragement. Be an encouragement. Gather. Be an encouragement. Sing those songs of praise. Pray those prayers that are encouraging words. Pray those things that are, that are like reminding us of what is uh, the reality. That God is in control. Pray those things. If we live a life of complaining, arguing... Gossip, slander, lies, all of these negative words, then like our life is going to be a pretty negative place. It sounds kind of like uh, Congress, doesn't it? I don't want to be in Congress. Does anybody else? Okay, sounds like Congress, right? Sounds like that's the conversation that it sounds like. Negativity, slander, lies, gossip, all that's right? And that's kind of our world that we want to resist and be different than everybody else. And you know what is really interesting about living in a world where the words and the like verbiage that is going on all around is negative and like 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 backbiting and slanderous and gossip and like profanity and all of this garbage that you hear and maybe in your workplace or in culture or whatever it may be. The great thing about that is this. You have an opportunity to shine your light brighter in that landscape and in that place. You know what? If you use words differently than everybody else, you will stand out. 
There's no doubt about that. If you go to your workplace when everybody else is complaining about everything and you speak in a positive way, thankful for the job that you have, thankful for the people that you, you know, work with or these things, you will be odd. You will. You will stand out because it's like a candle in a dark room. And so in a world with darkness, especially with words, you have an opportunity to shine even brighter. And so the scripture says, you know, be really thoughtful about how you act towards other people. How you, sh- how you should do it is your conversation should always be filled with grace. It should be always filled with words of forgiveness, words of love, words of encouragement, words of like things that bring people life. You saw in the video, and it's pretty profound. How that there's moments in time where people speak things into other people's lives, even when they're not quite there yet, how it can change someone's life. And you saw the story about how someone was transformed from words spoken by a great-grandmother decades later. Words prayed over a boy that said, no, God loves you. And no, you have a different life and a different destiny. How those words made an impact on somebody 20 years later. Profound, right? And sometimes we don't even know necessarily what our words can do. I've had a few moments in time in my life, and I have opportunity to get up here and yell at people for 20 to 40 minutes every Sunday. So I, you know, I, I, I do this more often maybe than other people because of uh, my profession. But I've had a couple of times in my life that I had like these profound moments where I didn't realize how important my words were. This, um, this couple of weeks ago, I traveled to one of our Spanish satellite churches in McCook, Nebraska, and I got a chance to preach in this little old converted house that is converted into a church. There was a gathering of about uh, 17 people that have been like starting this little church in McCook, Nebraska. It's all a bunch of like construction workers and concrete workers and things like that that have that are Spanish-speaking people that are that are trying to reach their neighbor for neighborhood for Christ because there was no real church for them. And uh, this this young guy by the name of Caesar is taking over this church and is leading the church without any kind of training or anything. And we're trying to help him out and encourage him along. And so I got a chance to preach again with them. It was the second time I had preached. I had preached previously a few years before, and that's the last time I had visited. And so I was there. And I preached my message, and I don't know if it was good, and I don't know how well it was translated. I I, I didn't know. But at the end of the message, something was profound, and it touched me in an amazing way. The guy came up, one of the guys that has been a part of that church, not, not the pastor, but another like kind of pillar of that church that has stood there and helped out alongside. And he kind of did an ending where they were doing little testimonies and praying for each other. And he stopped and he looked at me in the middle of this, and he said, Pastor, thank you for being here. He said, two years ago you came and you preached the message, and you preached about Nehemiah. And you preached about how Nehemiah kept building the wall, even though everybody was fighting against him. And you preached about how everybody was discouraged and everybody like, like had to fight off all the attacks and he kept building the wall. And you preached about that. And those words changed my life. And I, and I think about it all the time. Thank you, pastor, for coming. I was like, what? I didn't even remember what I preached about when I was there two years before. And this guy said, thank you. 
And he just did that. He was saying this in Spanish. And so he tried to like communicate in a way that he could in English to me. And he was kind of just like, it touched my heart. And he just looked at me like that. And he said, that's been close to my heart. And I was like, I have no idea. I had no idea. I remember a couple of years ago, I got a random email from somebody um, that I had talked to in probably a decade. And they emailed me and he said, hey, you know what, Pastor? I remember back when you led a college group and you preached a message on New Year's and how um, you talked about how if you every year you're growing one step closer to God, imagine over the course of decades how much closer you are. If you're walking in that direction, he said, every New Year's I remember that and I think about that and I look at my life the year before and think, am I walking forward in another step closer? And I think about that every New Year's. And I'm like, what? Amazing. Somebody's listening to me. Maybe, uh, maybe it's people that aren't here, but somebody is listening that there's words of encouragement spoken, that there's times that even decades later, those words echo and make an impact in a profound way. And I've been in places like this before where somebody else was up front and speaking, and it was as if God came out of the sky and came down and was speaking directly to me in a profound way. I've been in moments like that. That the words of encouragement can change profoundly someone's life. And so Paul is saying here, he says, be really wise, really thoughtful, really deliberate in the way that you speak. In the way that you communicate on a daily basis. That every day your words should be full of grace. If your words are just full of negativity, that's all people will know about you. But words full of grace, overflowing from our hearts, make a profound impact and change the way other people think about things. If you find yourself in a place where there's just negativity all around, like one person that breaks that chain of negativity completely transforms a conversation. If you have a group of four people that are gathered around talking about how horrible life is, they just, they, they'll love to feed off one another and, and talk to one another about, oh, your life is horrible, my life is horrible. My, it's somebody that breaks into that moment and speaks words full of grace completely changes the tone, completely changes it. Be that person. And that's what Paul says, is that if you want to be light in this world, speak differently because your life is different. Your perspective on this life is different. You have been changed and you've seen the light. And you can't speak in darkness anymore. You know, it's interesting. A lot of people, you know, like maybe uh, when you're raising kids, we focus a lot on like a few dirty words that we don't want kids to say which is appropriate. We don't want our kids, you know, using those choice words when they're around on the playground. That is important. But more than that, make sure that, that our words are full of encouragement. Profanity typically is really painful and hurtful because it's like words of violence towards others. It's words of kind of despair towards others. And, you know, there's like... 
there's a choice that I made in life when I'm like at the job or at other places where I decided very clearly that I was not going to use words like that. Not because I thought that that was like, you know, that particular word was awful or whatever, but I just wanted my words to be full of grace. And I remember on a number of encounters with like high school kids as I was coaching sports here, they said, you know, Coach Hedick, how come you don't use all the words that all the other coaches use? And I remember being asked that directly. I was like, well, I don't want to be that kind of person. And it gave me an opportunity and insight and chance to speak life into other people. And I remember once when we were promoting our Fellowship of Christian Athletes Club here at the school right here, and a couple kids came to me and said, now I know why you don't speak like all the other coaches. I didn't know. You're a Christian, aren't you? You have a different perspective on life. It's a small thing. It feels like maybe a small thing. But I just want to challenge you and encourage you to just, just be different in the way that you speak. Okay? I'm not saying like one particular word or whatever. Those have cultural uh, like meaning and significance. And that's why they're uh, deemed as inappropriate. And those are like, it's such a difference between household to household and culture to culture. But the issue isn't like necessarily the word. The issue is, is your words seasoned or is your words full of grace? Is it full of grace? Are you giving life or not? And so think about the words that you use and how you use them, how you react, how you respond. The second part of this scripture um, is even more challenging. It says seasoned with salt. So you may know how to answer everyone. And this is, you know, seasoned with salt is, is making all kinds of references and allusions to some of the things that Jesus taught people. Jesus ta- taught people, he said, you know, you're the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. You're, you're the one that brings the seasoning. You're the one that preserves. You're the one that like, like brings meaning to, to the world. Because you, you know, you've been called by me. You've been called out. You have the light. So it should be different. And so what it's kind of alluding to when it talks about seasoned with salt is like really prophetic words. That may be scary for you to hear. You're like, I am no prophet. Okay. But, the, but it re, really what it's challenging us to be is speak prophetically. It's challenging us to be prophets. That's what the words are. It's not saying that, like, you need to go out and tell everybody, um, you know, I predict that in the future this is going to happen. That's not really what we're talking about. What we're talking about is a timely word of truth. A word of truth, timely put, is a prophetic word. That's what prophecy really is. For the most part, sometimes there's future telling and there's moments in time where God reveals in that kind of prophetic voice. But more often than not, we read through scriptures and we hear just a timely word of truth, like a warning about impending disaster. If you follow down this road continually, that will lead to death. That's a prophetic word. Uh, Like, you know, a prophetic word is when somebody is in crisis or in a moment where They're struggling. You say, you know what? I think the only hope you have is in God. You need to turn to God. That is a prophetic word. It is a word of truth in a moment in time where everything else, like, wouldn't be sufficient. And too often, I think, we get caught up 
in being timid and un, unwilling to be wise enough, available enough, open and watchful enough, or prepared enough to speak a prophetic word. Now, to speak a prophetic, and maybe, maybe some of us, we might say, you know what, I don't know all the answers about the Bible, so I am not prepared to speak a word like this. That may be true to some degree, but everyone can share why. You can share why you decided to follow Christ. You can share why your life has been changed. You can share, like, what you know. And that's what, that's what the, the scripture here challenges us to, is that you should be ready to have an answer. And if you don't have an answer as to why you follow Christ, you need to do a lot of soul searching. Because this is the big question, right? You need to do a lot of soul searching. And particularly, Paul is saying, we better be able to articulate that. Not just for ourselves, but for others. Because when that moment comes and somebody else is looking for hope and is on the verge of, you know, they're walking down a path towards death. It's that moment in time where we can be the prophetic voice ready to speak, ready to say something, ready to interject, ready to have that moment. There's a couple of things that I always have ready. I always have a two sentence response ready to go for why I'm a follower of Christ. And I always, I, I have a 40 minute response too, because you know, I'm a pastor, but I always have that ready because I don't know when there's a moment in time where something will open up and an opportunity will come up and some, some like little crack in the door will open up and there will be a moment in time where I could say something that might change somebody's life. And I, I take that very seriously. And I think through specifically in my life what is just kind of sums it up the best. And I've said this speech here in church, and I've said it to dozens of people as I've encountered them before. And if somebody like says, you know, why would I follow Christ? Why would I even investigate that? Why would I care? I'll, I'll give you my line. You ready? You ready for it? Okay, it's this. As I say, and this is my personal one. You can steal it if you like, but you have to give me credit for it. But like what I say is I say, even if there's a 1% chance, you've heard me probably say this before. If there's a 1% chance that there's a God out there, then I better, I better give a lot of effort and thought towards making sure I know what he wants of my life. Even if there's a 1% chance. And so that's why I have pursued this with my life. And I think you should give it some thought too. Just a little, like a little, boom. If there's even a 1% chance that there's a God, a creator in the universe out there that asks something of our life, you better figure it out because you don't want to just like skip that day. You don't, you don't want to skip that thought and show up on test day and all of a sudden, oh, hey God, maybe there's something you wanted from me. That's my little, that's my little one sentence thing because for me, that sums up for me, like at least... The, the passion that you need to have in pursuing and seeking God. But I have other lines, and I have other stories, and I have other things that I share on a moment's notice because I know there might be a moment in time where there's opportunity to, for somebody's life to completely be changed as a result of that. And so we should be ready on a moment's notice to speak a prophetic word. You know, we are really often ready 
to speak meaningless words. Like, and we're often able to like have conversations that have no substance, no meaning, nothing whatsoever. We can easily talk about the weather. We can easily talk about the Broncos. We can easily talk about uh, like this or that or, or these things that really and ultimately are meaningless. But to be somebody that is able and willing to inject something meaningful in a conversation is, is profound and is different. And what we're called to be with, if, if we're people of light. People who do not let the light shine bright are people who just shy away from any of these conversations. And I know it's challenging, and I know it's hard, and I know it puts you out there in a vulnerable place. But speaking those words of testimony of what you've gone through and how God has changed your life is, brings meaning and significance to conversations. And it brings a depth to relationships that will go beyond um, uh, what other people do. It will bring meaning and depth. And so... God is, or Paul is challenging us here to be really thoughtful, to be really clear on exactly how we speak, how we talk to one another. Psalm 105.1 says this. Praise be the Lord. Proclaim his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. And so it is our task and it is our call that we are to proclaim and articulate and say what this is all about, what we're doing, why we live our life this way, and be able to say that. If there is a, a, a question that is troubling you in your faith and you're not quite sure what the answer is, then that would be a great way to start investigating and thinking about some things. If there's some Bible verse or something that really shaped the way that you think about your faith, Commit that to memory and make sure when there's opportunity that somebody else is walking down that same road, you can share that Bible verse with them. Like, do things that give you an opportunity to, like, have op- to speak words of truth when the opportunity opens itself. So, we are going to continue on. In the coming weeks in talking about this, but the challenge I want to give you today is kind of we're going to build on this as we go along to have your three people that you are praying for to now be ready when that moment strikes for you to be able to speak and to do something and to inject life. Next week, we're going to talk more about how the body of Christ and the community of faith can do this. But what, I, what we're leading to and what I hope that you embrace is that each and every one of us should say, I pray, God, that you give me an opportunity to share my faith with somebody else. To be ready, to be prepared, to be praying, to be open, to be a part of like what God is doing. And that is how the light of Christ spreads and shines across the world. If you missed last week, I encourage you to listen to the sermon and get caught up because it builds upon one another. But I just want to give you kind of a teaser of where we're going over the next couple of weeks. That I really want to challenge you that if you've never been a part of this before, this is a profound journey that will change the way that you view faith. 
is to take personal ownership over trying to help somebody else walk down a road towards God. That what would happen is over the course of a year is if every single one of us had one person in our life that we helped bring to a relationship with God. Well, what would happen is our church would double. What would happen is Christ's kingdom would double. And what would happen is we would be a part of something and understand something that like, moves us beyond just being receivers of God to being people who are sharing God with others. And it's a, a profound change in our faith. And so that's what we're walking towards, but I, but I want to encourage you to think about these first two steps, and if you haven't done it this week, to engage in this is, number one, pray for those three people, and that one of those people, maybe, as opportunity presents it, there'll be a moment in time where you can say something, that you can speak, that you can share, that you can represent Christ, and there may be nobody else in this world that can do that. Would you go with me in prayer? God, I pray as we continue on through this conversation that we would be open to being a shining light. God, this is scary and intimidating for some because it just feels like we're not prepared. Maybe we're fearful. We don't have it all figured out, so what are we supposed to do? But God, throughout the ages... And even to this day and time, you've called us to be the light. You've called us to proclaim. You've called us to shine. And so God, as we continue down this road, I pray that everyone in this room would would take ownership over praying for people that really need you. And then we take the next step and be ready and prepared when the moment strikes to speak, to say something. And God, we pray that there would be people that come into this place or other places and are baptized and say, God, I follow you as a result of what we're doing here, what we're talking about. That, God, you'd open up doors and opportunities for us to help other people. Find life, find hope, find a relationship with you, find forgiveness. So I want you to take a moment right now and offer your own prayers. Start with three people. Sometimes maybe we like want to just pray that the whole world would change, but it's more personal when we think about the people that are right in the middle of our lives that God has called us to shine brightly for. So make that prayer specific. Three people that you could start praying for. And take a moment to commit and say, God, if that door opens up, if that opportunity presents itself, I won't be mute. But I will proclaim it clearly. Clearly.